Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Big news for Hubbard from yeah. Oklahoma State. No, they're selling it as a, as, a, as a split with him and I can't remember who. But uh, also, the Texans are just a, uh, you know, you talked about them having life early and they've had life. Their strategy with Mills, though, was really not good. And they didn't show any life in that first half until a two-minute drive where they said, okay, let's go get some points now yep. with some pace. I mean, why don't you play like that for the first uh, you know, From 28 minutes of the of the half. It didn't make any sense. Then you missed an extra point, which killed you. Uh, Carolina, you know, even in that game against a bad team without their, their good player, pretty good. They suffered two other injuries, though, that hurt them as well. It wasn't just McCaffrey. Carolina with the number one defense right now in the NFL. And they had that going into week two. They have it now in week three after Thursday night. I, I'm a believer. I, Hutton, you and I, you know, we're, we're betting on them to get into the playoffs before this season started. I know that the Houston Texans are not the barometer of whether a team is good or not, but they're doing the things that good teams do. Now 3-0, and but again, without McCaffrey for at least a month, it, it appears. And that would be the Cowboys. They have them next week for week four. Uh, they will host the Eagles. They host the Vikings. Uh, then they get back into division play. There are some weird lines across the NFL, I feel like, when some of these games where it seems like the spread is too low. I felt that way last night. I, I've got a pretty good track record recently at FanDuel with if the line just seems silly low. I thought eight points last night was silly low for that game. And I know Usually it was in go doubt, the other way. But it was 24-9. Yeah, it would be – yeah, it was – I thought that was that was crazy. So I went pretty big on the Panthers and, and won. Um, also pretty big, Davis Mills' neck. <laughs> I, I, you know how we worship these videos of like Alvin Kamara's uh, crazy workout on, a, on a, st- a stability ball or Derrick Henry and things that he does? I would love to see videos of Davis Mills doing neck exercises. <laughs> like whatever roles he's doing it's or long. things he's, he's doing – I mean, that thing is not just long. It is long and thick. That is the <laughs> longest, thickest neck. I had to be very slow. It really helps to him see that, that I have ever seen in my life. That really thing helps him is see over the line. Very amazing. Graceful. Really I helps mean, Peyton Manning is known for the neck, right? Like the forehead and, and the, the forehead, long neck. Yeah. Uh, Davis Mills, uh, that thing should be in the Smithsonian. <laughs> it, so, it's unreal. I, uh, that begs the question to me, though. Davis Mills or Merton Hanks? Oh, Merton, Merton Hanks, Hanks, though. Merton Hanks is an all-timer. But here's the difference with Merton Hanks. It was great. The Snuffleupagus dance. used it a lot. You know, the, the Snuffleupagus dance. dance. chicken dance. No, it was it was called the Snuffleupagus. I don't remember. Go watch that. it. It was, it was, a, yeah. uh, it was an ode Wait, to Paul, Sesame Street. do you even know what Snuffleupagus is? Oh, yeah. Okay, not a chicken, by the way. Yeah, oh, I not, know Snuffleupagus. <laughs> no, it was it was the Snuffleupagus. He, fa- he was my favorite character. I'm I was surprised huge... you guys know. I thought <laughs> it was more my. No, 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 no. I thought uh, Oscar the Grouch would have been the betting line yes. for Paul's yes. favorite character. I was or, young. I was Street. young. Or, hold on, hold on. Or honorable mention to the Cookie Monster, based on Paul's <laughs> oh, yeah. love they, of I chocolate mean, and they cookies. They all fit me. 
But Merton Hanks had like a, it was very flexible now. Yes, he because the way it. he'd get it going. This guy doesn't look like it, it's that thing is so stiff and thick that it doesn't look like it could move at it all. It looks like he's had the it's surgery. It's not rotating much at all. I'd love to see what he does to that thing. I had a great parlay last anyway, night. Just a I random had, observation. Oh, I had the Panthers to cover. I had Mills to be under his total, which he was significantly under. And of course, I had the obvious one, McCaffrey to score a touchdown. Well, two out of three. I yeah. won. I, like Hutton says, I, I won. You won. Two of them. It feels like a win. But not the best. It's not. Yeah. Uh, Fanduel.com slash OK360 is where you can go and place your first bet if you have not already. Uh, if you have, join us this weekend on some of our picks as well. We're going to get into uh, some of the lines of college football momentarily. Bet $5 to win 150 though. First-time users, Fanduel.com slash OK360. Uh, games like Indianapolis and Tennessee this weekend on Sunday here at Nissan Stadium in Nashville. Bet five, win 150, 30 to 1 odds on the money line bet. FanDuel.com slash OK360. It is a, uh, a different Friday show. We normally have the Tennessee Power Hour in the final hour with Austin Price and Brett Hubbs. Because the Vols are on the road headed to the swamp, uh, Austin is traveling later this afternoon. He's messing everything. Hubbs up. is already on the way, so he's unable to join us today. Austin, though, will join us coming up in about 45 minutes. So we'll go heavy Vols Gators during the 4 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock Central hour. Uh, When we come back, Paul, we're going to get heavy into the Titans. Titans and Colts. We'll spend some time previewing that game as well as NFL Week 3. Looking at, there are a handful of really good matchups, especially in the afternoon and evening block on Sunday and then Monday night. We'll get into that. Plus, Chad has prepared his top five college football games for this week. How's the graphic? He's crushed it. Well, oh, it Ellie it, it, crushed the colorful? graphic. I have no it's very A lot of colorful. purple in there. We, we, Ellie, Ellie took direction very well and said, I wanted color, I want it to pop, and that's exactly what it's going to do. I'll kick the blind, tailgate Paul. tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central, live from the campus at Vanderbilt, where we expect a ton of red. There are Vanderbilt. a lot of Georgia fans making their way up I-24 from Georgia. <laughs> And we will be there live with Fox and with OutKick. And I, I wonder if Vandy and Georgia is even on Chad's list of games to watch this week. You know, it all I'd depends on the get, rest of the game. I mean, the first question I'm going to ask uh, Clark Lee next time we have him on is, what is it like to never have a home game? <laughs> I mean, I'm being honest. I, like, it, You go back to the game against ETSU, that's not a home game. For them, it's probably 50-50 ETSU and Vandy, and there's practically no one in the stands. You just never have a home environment. That, that's got to be it's tough t- for a tough. coach. This happens in Nashville on the other side of the river uh, for, for a lot of big games. Not, not all of them. Um, but it's nothing to the, this you level. Bring the, the Titans have Steelers home Steelers or the Browns to town and uh, watch what happens. We'll talk Titans-Colts home game across the Cumberland uh, when we return, plus college football headlines. First, though, you're a busy guy. Stop worrying about what you're going to be wearing. Mack Weldon is where you should be turning. Uh, embrace the radically efficient Mack Weldon daily wear system. The daily wear system, a selection of clothes rooted in smart design made with performance fabrics built to work together. From breathable t-shirts and polos, stylish button-ups and shorts, underwear and beyond, Mack Weldon makes it easy for you to dress for work, leisure and play or wherever the summer takes you. Mac Weldon, I've got a couple of polo shirts. I've got some T-shirts. Great lounge wear around the house, but don't stop there. Wear it to work also. Wear it out. People are going to want to see you in Mac Weldon. They've got the Weldon Blue loyalty program going on also. 
Comfortable for the house, for work, wherever you're going, Paul. One of my Vesper polos in, in my house has gone missing currently, which just means that it's somewhere not obvious and I can't find it, but I fear someone would steal it. <laughs> um, the navy blue one. I was intending to wear it today. Not found. Maybe I'm going to have to go to MacWeldon.com slash OutKick360, which we suggest you go to. Use the code OutKick360 for a whopping 20% off your first order. MacWeldon.com slash OutKick360. Use the code OutKick360 for 20% off your first order. You too can wear clothes worthy of theft. MacWeldon, radically efficient wardrobing. Chad, let everyone know where we will be tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning, Hutton, we will be on the campus of Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt. University. Vanderbilt. We will be in lot two. We very will prestigious. Be tailgating, very prestigious. Paul hates this, but some call it an Ivy League-like school in the South, but it's not Ivy League. <laughs> Such a joke. Um, looking forward to it. We're going to be tailgating without kick to tailgate tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. this Saturday. Going to be a lot of red and black with Georgia fans making the trip and Georgia fans locally as well. So looking forward to it. Come say hi. We're going to have a tailgate set up there as well. We'll have some details about that. Looking forward to a good time and a good three hours on the OutKick, uh, all OutKick platforms streaming the show. Jill Savage is in town. She'll be hosting. Uh, Hutton and I will be there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Come you know what, what school that considers itself an Ivy League of the South is not second in the country on the latest U- U.S. News and World Report? Is it Columbia? Uh, Vanderbilt isn't. Columbia Ivy League of the North in the actual Ivy League it, it, is Harvard number one. No, Princeton. Wow, Harvard's like sixth. Harvard's shocking not, nothing. Upset. Harvard's nothing anymore. Shocking upset. <laughs> Harvard's really fallen off. Yeah, really. What is. are they third? <laughs> I think they're sixth. Oh wow. Top kick three sixty. Titans and Colts among uh, the interesting matchup in week three. The Colts could be zero and three when they travel back to Indianapolis Sunday night. Carson Wentz is a game-time decision. He actually practiced today. That's encouraging for them. Both ankle injuries. He, he hurt one ankle early in the game last Sunday, sprained the other one and could not return for the final two possessions. He's missed two practices this week, returned today to receive those starting reps. Will he be able to go? Uh, Frank Reich said today that he is going to warm up and see how it goes, but literally a game-time decision Sunday morning. I saw one tweet from somebody who watched, you know, what's open to reporters to watch. It said he moved around rather well. So, uh, you know, I, I think a Friday practice for an NFL starting quarterback usually bodes pretty well for that NFL starting quarterback. I think he's playing. I now expect him to play. Yeah, right. You do. It, it, I do Most too. Do. Uh, just based off today's report, um, I, look, there's a lot of investment. Now, does he finish? There's you a know, lot of investment in him. Last. And uh, I, I think he realizes that too about this opportunity. I don't think he's handing that job over to any backup, no matter how difficult it might be to play through the pain. The issue I think they have, I do think we'll see multiple quarterbacks in the game, even if Wentz is playing. I think that's why they're getting Brett Hundley ready, because they rely on Wentz's mobility. And that is an aspect here that they will not have that's Take it away, even if he plays on Sunday. You know, the one thing you mentioned this the day it came out, and we've had time now, and I've pondered this. That report about Hunley taking first team reps that came out on Wednesday, I think it was Pelissaro. I'm not positive who it was. Maybe you remember better than I. There was no wind in those sails. Like, it didn't get picked up. It didn't, other people didn't say the same thing. You kind of speculated maybe there's some 
playing around going on with, yeah. a, with an agent or or the Colts trying to to stir something up that didn't did, it did not take off. And what does not take off in today's media when something like that's put out? Like somebody lights a match, usually there there's a fire. There was no fire off of that report, which is kind of weird. Everybody else was talking Eason. That one thing talked Hundley. So I don't know what's going on there. I think you may be right. And the other question, much like with Roger Saffold on the Titans side and, and maybe Ben Jones, isn't about whether they start. It's about if they're able to finish. Does, yeah. does a shot last? Do you take a hit during the course of the game that, that uh, you know, further injures something? Um, I, I think, you know, we're going to be monitoring this game Hutton, from the press box, you know, with somebody coming out um, over the course of it that has an impact on how things finish. I mean, that's a, that's a tough guy. Was my first thought with with the injury, with ankles being listed, and now practicing, and probably going to give it a go. Yeah, uh, changes the complexion of the game because well, Titans would have no business losing to Jacob Eason or well, Brett Hundley. They agree. This is, I think, this game plan is straightforward. I, I think it's as obvious as last week's Titans game plan was. They are going to want to establish the run and never stray from that game plan even if they're down a couple of scores. I, I agree with you. I mean, I think Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry are both going to get fed a lot, and Hines. And in Hines the, in is, the, uh, uh, let, let's throw this in, he is an extension of their run game in, in the passing right, game. short passes yeah. that turn into runs. But keep this in mind. Arizona and Seattle combined to throw 11 deep balls against the Titans. That's 17.5% of the passes against the Titans this year, second highest in the league. So – the Colts would be crazy not to mix that into their attack. And guess who's right behind that? The Colts have faced 17% deep balls. And I've talked over and over about how I think they're, they're bad at corner. So I do think, like you're saying, the basis of this game and the two offensive plans are going to be run. Yep. But there is certainly room to, to off of that run, take and hit some shots against two teams that have major questions in the secondary. The Colts, not very good there at corner. The Titans, uh, Elijah Molden's been giving up big plays at nickel. Is he there or is Chris Johnson there? And can you scheme up something against them even though you don't have great speed? And Dane Crookshank is probably playing strong safety with um, uh, Hooker out and last week's starter cut in Bradley McDougald. So there are things to pick on in those secondaries if you can protect, especially if you're play-actioning it off of a successful run game. Are we buying Titans' pass rush so far this season? Better. Because, I mean, talking about the secondary is one thing, and there are some, some issues there, but I also immediately think about, okay, the pass rush looks competent so far through two games to a much better extent than the last couple of years, but is that are we buying that as an actual factor against the Colts in this game? Because normally in this matchup, we're talking about the Colts' pass rush yep. being a factor, not the Titans. Well, I'm buying it for both sides, and I'm buying it for the Titans in part because it's going to be a more stationary target. Whence a more stationary target, though he can move around even healthy, than Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson, and now with two sprained ankles, certainly a more stationary target. So the Titans can finally rush to a spot as opposed to having to think a little bit about capture, not kill. Another part of the game plan I expect to see Sunday from the Titans. The last two weeks, while Henry was the man in Seattle, he didn't get going until the second half. What was it, 13 carries for 50 yards or something at halftime last week? 
Um, which was about his total in the first game. Yeah. Um, I think they come out throwing to set up the run I'd because like they see. have tried to set up the run in the first two games, and it has not gone well. They, it, it worked out in Seattle, but it took a little bit of time. I, I think they want to build a lead early against this Colts team and then get them in a passing situation where they can really tee off on an immobile quarterback. That, that's, well, that would be my thinking going into it. Um, I think they, they try to get A.J. Brown involved early and often After off of last week's week. performance, get him going and in rhythm. That opens up Julio Jones. I also think this could be a good game for Anthony Ferkser if he's able to go. He's, not, uh, he's out. He's out. He's already been ruled out. Yeah. So not good. Michael Pruitt Michael gets Pruitt more gets o- another, opportunities another there. Chance. And then yeah. the third wide receiver. You know, is Josh Riddles going to be more involved now two weeks back from injury? Um, are we going to see more of Chester Rogers instead gonna, of Reynolds? Or are we going to see more CFL motion from, from Josh yeah, Reynolds? Yeah. That was his notable contribution in week one. Rogers against his former team, by the way, on Sunday. I, don't, I, I just get the sense this, this is a good week to come out throwing in order to establish Henry after that. I'd like to see it. It's a hard thing to flip to, to, get, uh, to, to go Inside out, so to speak. And I, don't, so I don't think it's that hard. It'll be a question. Well, I think uh, it's all about just deciding to do it. <laughs> that, yeah. That's going to be your attempt. Come out, play well, action. Yeah, go. I mean, it's all about we you, haven't you're, seen you're Todd. the one deciding the play calls yes. early in the game. So just try that. Well, what I meant because, is Paul, you we know haven't those, seen Todd Downing well, do it you, yet. You've right. been a harshest critic of, as anyone of, you know, run on first down and become predictable with that run on first down. It happened, at, you know, the first, what, four or five drives against Arizona where – it's a no gain to negative two yards on first down trying to run Henry, and it put the Titans behind the sticks and in a bad spot each time. I think it's very easy just to flip that mentality from a play-calling standpoint and go into a game saying, we're throwing early, and by early we mean the first and second quarter, but also on first down. It's throwing early in the downs to keep the Colts off balance. Roberson, Caleb Farley, and Ferkser are the guys who are out of this game. Here's another thing about where they should and shouldn't run. Titans are averaging 2.6 yards per carry on rushes up the middle through these two games. Fourth worst in the league. Colts, at the same time, are allowing just 2.7 up the middle. So uh, I don't see a lot of reason. Plus, Ben Jones is banged up. And Roger Saffold is banged up. So I'm not overjoyed at the tackle situation. Taylor Lewan's good to go. Uh, we have all have questions about that. But Derrick Henry does a lot of his best work like he did last week on the 60-yard run, persistently trying that edge, trying that edge, trying that edge, beats one guy, somebody takes a bad angle, and boom, he, he's gone. Darius Leonard uh, up the middle there. Ben Jones is probably not going to be able to get to Darius Leonard because DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart are going to require a lot of attention, and they're going against a couple banged-up guys in the middle. Those guys scare me, right? You want to get away from them. I'll be shocked if Taylor Lewan plays the entire game. Hope he does. I'll be shocked if that happens, if there's not some sort of re-aggravation in warm-ups, or he goes out there and gives up a sack and doesn't look great and isn't feeling great and checks himself out again. Um, But if that happens, what I think is going to happen happens – at what point, if you're the Titans, do you not just say, we can't continue to go through a week of preparation with you as left tackle and, and then have a substitution scenario last second where we, we're mixing things up now and we're bringing someone else in? Or do you just continue to go out there every week and say, all right, we're going to go through this again and see if you can get more stable on that leg, well, and then we're going to go? I completely get what you're saying. And I'm not saying for the season, but I'm saying let's take two weeks 
Now, and let's, let's go into the next couple game plans with a different plan at left tackle. I completely get what you're saying, but on the other side of that, they went up to Ty Sembrilo last week during warm-ups, said you're starting, and got 165 yards out of Derrick Henry. It took a while to get going, but they won the game on their, on their terms, ultimately, and it didn't seem to be a big problem because they it was a run first win ultimately and so I don't think it sends the shock waves necessarily in the in the locker room and in the line that it sends to us Chad if they were going to do that they could have IR'd him for three weeks right and you should have done it right after well, the game I mean, and, I, and, and you included know, I, this week instead of starting I, next week this is when I would do it if it was a situation where he tries to go through warm-ups injures himself again and can't go, or he plays half a quarter and checks himself out, I'm not going through the charade of just putting you out in practice and taking practice time away and preparing for you at left tackle when now I know this is a trend. Let's shut it down for three weeks. Let's do IR for three weeks and then have a different plan at left tackle. I would have expected This to it, me is the breaking point I would have expected week. it Monday. I see what you're saying. I think they probably beat the hell out of him this week. And really tested him. And if he, I mean, I agree with you. If he peels out of this game, it's a really bad sign. I, I think they have to feel, and he has to feel really good about what he did this week. And that they're going into Sunday with no doubt that he's starting this game and going to play substantially better than he played week one. Well, and also how precious is success or failure for someone like Taylor Lewan? And what I mean by that is, he had a very difficult rehab, obviously, getting ready for this season and was not 100% coming in the season, whether it be physically, mentally, or a combination of both. And those, that poor play and some sacks by Chandler Jones really affected Taylor Lewan to the point that he checked himself out of the game under the guise of cramps and then eventually was out. And then the next week, similar thing. Now, the good news of that on the flip side is if success is equally as precious as failure, go out and have a good game, and that may cure everything. I think it would do right? a lot. I, if he goes I, I out mean, there and finishes a game, and then he's got normal soreness the next day, and he feels normal again, and he had a good game where he doesn't give up a sack, and he's efficient and productive in the run game, maybe that cures Taylor Lewan. I think his seesaw is much steeper than most guys on the team, right? You talk about not getting too high, not getting too low. Taylor Lewan doesn't live by the mantra that most NFL players are, have beaten into them by teams, right, Hut? I mean, he, he lives highs and lows. That's, that's, he's not your regular football player in terms of beating down those emotions. Well, he's down on himself right now. Yeah. And, um, and so like Chad's saying, I think if he has a really good first quarter, he'll start to, to feel – and if he has a really bad first quarter, he's – well, And look, I mean, Taylor Lewan would be the first to tell you he's an emotional guy. Right, it he, works he for him. plays. Yeah, I mean, I, when it comes to everything, he just he feeds on emotion, whether it be in an interview setting or you know on the field or when a guy gets in his face. He's you know we talked about the fifteen yard penalties early in his career. He's an emotion based player, so I, I think this is me being optimistic for Taylor Lewan and the Titans. If you're emotional, that good emotion could actually flip things around for you quickly. Got to find it. And, and you know what, I'll help him with good emotion, a, a good Derrick Henry run behind him. You know, uh, Derrick can help him. It's not, it's not on Derrick to do that, but it's what Derrick does. I mean, at this point, he, he needs to get through warm-ups. 
Yes. Uh, the Titans are telling everyone he is healthy. But this, this, is, this is a conflict here, Chad. You're saying pass to set and up. I'll, 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 I mean, not Hutton, sorry. Paul, I'll pay you $50 if he makes it through the whole game. I, I just don't I see it happening. I accept. Um, what are you going to give me? What, were we betting? We didn't say we were betting. You said, I'll we didn't give shake you $50. On it. We didn't shake on it. I, I was said, being, I accept. I was being the- theoretical. <laughs> we'll, we'll shake on something later, and you'll, we'll have stakes. But here's the conflict in what you said, right? You want them to pass to set up the run. Lawan needs them to run to set up the pass because run Lawan blocking. doesn't need to play. Lawan, but I'm you get what He's I'm the saying. The franchise left tackle. The guy should be able to pass block and run block. I understand. Period. But if you're getting him going, like you were getting the offensive line going last week with a couple subs, and the reason the offensive line was better last week is because why? It's easier for those substitutes to run block a lot and pass block less. And if you're gonna pass block more and earlier that's more difficult so if you want Lawan settling in and you're trying to do everything you can to get him going I understand what you're saying he's a super expensive stud guy but he's got a mental issue now connected to a very serious knee injury it might be a little bit harder to pass to set up the run if you're trying to get him Paul, going. I, I completely agree with what you're saying about Lawan and what would be best for him but in no way can you ever plan at any level of football a game plan around getting your offensive lineman going. Yeah, That's just not something that you can do. Tying this into the Tennessee Vols, Tennessee's not going to go into the swamp saying, guys, we got to get Cooper Mays going at center. We need to call a bunch of run plays early, make sure he's okay on that ankle. We really have to get him going. I agree. You do things to get Derrick Henry going. A.J. Brown is the guy they need to get going in this game. A.J. Brown, Ryan Tannehill, you do things to, to target those guys and get them going. It should never be any consideration of we have to call these plays to get any offensive lineman going, and I'm with Hutton on this, especially your highly paid franchise left tackle. Yeah, it should that should be, not be a consideration. It shouldn't be a care in the world. But Hutton and I are going to be up there with binoculars set on Taylor Lewan during the first quarter of this game. Everyone will be watching. Yeah. It, it's especially heat off the edge. Uh, I think they come out throwing. They only have four red zone touchdowns right now. Uh, and looking at the first half only because – the, the second halves in both games can skew things a bit. The Titans have rushed the football on 57% of first downs in the first half. That's fifth most in the league. Too much. The, uh, but it's effective. Uh, the, the Titans rank 23rd in yards per play on first down combined, pass and run. That's too little. Uh, 23rd on yards per play. They were exceptional in this category a year ago. But the full game numbers... When you combine all four quarters, they, have, uh, they rank 11th in first down whenever they run the football, uh, 53% of the time. Eighth in yards per play at six and a half. Well, that's, that's that one half of football carrying the three right. other halves, right? And yeah. was the 60-yard run on first down? Uh, that I don't know. I, I've got a game book here, but if that 60-yard runs on first down, that's fixing everything. Wasn't that well, yeah, the first I, play again, of that I, drive? I only pulled the. Uh, I think it might have been. Slow. I only pulled the the numbers from the first half, so it wouldn't skew those that percentage um, and what he did on that big run. Yeah, I got you. Um, yeah, I just I, I think you get AJ Brown going, and you open up things for for Tannehill and Henry by doing a little about face with how they come out and hand Look, off. This, Two out of three times. This plugs right into the bigger conversation that we've had this week about the responding to being punched in the mouth but not doing a lot of punching in the mouth, right? Yep. There's a big chance for them to punch the Colts in the mouth. And this franchise historically has too much trouble with the Colts. Not just the Peyton Manning Colts who are a lot better than they are, but some Colts teams that were 
average uh, or not as good as the Titans were. Curtis Painter, uh, you know, Vic Ballard. We talked about some of these things. The Colts have a way of getting at the Titans sometimes when they shouldn't. This is a game even with Carson Wentz. We talked all offseason. We believe pretty firmly, all three of us, that the Titans are more skilled, better roster than the Indianapolis Colts. You put these two rosters against each other, we believe the Titans win. So go out, coach them, and outplay them and prove that to be the fact. And this is also step one of three where we can say the same exact thing. This yes. is the time for the Titans to punch the next three games. Start compiling wins starting Sunday. Chad gives us his top five games to watch across college football, and then we'll preview one of those games. It's a doozy. Derrick Henry Tennessee was real doozy this Florida. week. What's that? It was first down. We'll preview Tennessee and Florida coming up in 20 minutes. Preview college football in general next on Outkick 360. Outkick 360 rolls on on this Friday edition. We'll be live from Vanderbilt tomorrow morning. Outkick the tailgate. Myself, Chad Withrow, Jill Savage, and you. You can join us across the Outkick network. Follow us on social media and just follow Outkick for further details on how you can click and watch tomorrow morning starting at 8 Central, 9 Eastern. Where it'll be on the campus for Vanderbilt and Georgia. Where would that game be among your top games, Chad? Well, Hutton, it's a great question. We um, love this week. I, I have that game on my list only because we're going to have a great time without Kick the Tailgate at Vanderbilt tomorrow, to be completely honest with you. Uh, I like to do my top five games, and then I like to have an honorable mention of four games. So I have Vandy at Georgia ninth on the list, but. <laughs> To be completely honest with you, while it is a very light week in college football, probably not one that makes the top nine most weeks if we're not at Vanderbilt. That's funny. To be I, completely I have honest. them 10th on your list, so <laughs> I must have written down your list incorrectly. Did I? Okay, no, yeah, th there's nine. Uh, you, you put Paul's and me there. I'm thinking, did I put 10 down? No, there's, uh, there's definitely not. Look, I will defend college football against all criticism, but this is not the greatest week of college football that you're ever going to see, but that's fine because there's still plenty of good games to get into, and we're going to do that right now. Jacob Swanson is going to Brace flash on the, the screen you right now. have a seizure. There it is. Now, look, uh, El Ellie Sylvia doing a great job. This, he got bringing back the color once again, a lot of pop uh, with this graphic. I'm explaining this for our radio listeners also. Color all over the place. And the font and the way this thing has been done now uh, looks is so much better. Game number one. <laughs> No surprise. It's Texas A&M in Arkansas, in Jerry's world, in Arlington. It is the 3.30 Eastern time CBS game. Arkansas is minus, I'm sorry, A&M is minus four and a half in this game. This game is typically very good between these two teams. A&M has won nine straight in the series. But even when Arkansas is awful, they tend to play A&M close in this game. Now, those games have also tended to be shootouts. This is not going to be a shootout. This is going to look a lot more like A&M Colorado. This is set up to be a 17-13, 13-10 type the game under. with two very good defenses, very good game. I, I, look, for Arkansas, for all of the criticism of the Sam Pittman hire and not splashy and all that when it happened, an offensive line coach, he has done a terrific job with Arkansas. He continues to prove how good that hire was week after week. Huge opportunity for the Hogs Is Arkansas this week. two weeks removed from the Texas win? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Arkansas blew someone out last week. I'm, I'm blanking on who, but not a big-time opponent. Game number two this week. I, I, th I really think one and two 
are so obvious and you could flip-flop based on preference between these two. And then there's a sizable drop-off to three. Game number two is the big noon kickoff game on Fox, 12 p.m. Eastern time. Notre Dame and Wisconsin, another neutral site game. You got one game in Arlington at an NFL stadium. This game is in Chicago at an NFL stadium. Soldier Field, Wisconsin, minus six and a half against Notre Dame. I think these are two teams we're still trying to figure out exactly what they are at this point. Penn State has the two best wins in the country combined when you look at them. No one has two wins like Auburn and on the road at Wisconsin the way Penn State does. How good is Wisconsin? We'll start to find out. Big-time matchup with Notre Dame and Wisconsin this week. Same can be said for Notre Dame, who I thought bounced back and looked better against Purdue last week after a, a shaky win over what now appears to be a very bad Florida State team and a shaky win over a good mid-major in Toledo in Week 2. Game number three, LSU at Mississippi State. This is the rally the troops, get something done in a big way game for Ed Ogeron because if he goes to Starkville and loses to a very average Mike Leach-coached Mississippi State team, the, the buzzards will start circling in Baton Rouge with Ed Ogeron, and it is going to start to look a lot more like Gene Chizik uh, at Auburn with Ed Ogeron at LSU. LSU's so, got to run the ball with some success. LSU, yes. And, and they, they've got a very talented defense. And Mike Leach and his offense, everywhere he's been, they're going to put up a lot of points most weeks, and they're going to run across a defense that just knows how to defend them, and they do nothing uh, about two or three times a year. This may be that game for them against LSU. LSU a two-and-a-half-point favorite in that one. You know it's a bad week when there's a – now I believe it's gone down to 18, but an 18-point line in the top five – Tennessee at Florida, it's a rivalry. It's really a rivalry in name brand only at this point because Florida has absolutely dominated this series recently. We all know the numbers between the two. Florida, an 18-point favorite in this game. I don't think it's going to be much of a game in the second half. I do think that Hendon Hooker, who's the probable starter in this game and who Tennessee wants to go the whole way, may help Tennessee uh, with his running ability against Florida. We'll talk to Austin Price about that scenario here in just a little bit. Tennessee at Florida, though, uh, my number four game of the week. That's on ESPN at 7 o'clock Eastern time, Saturday night. Nebraska at Michigan State, another 7 p.m. kickoff. That one's on FS1. Michigan State, minus five. This is another one of those, how good is Michigan State? I think the answer to that comes down to how good is Miami. Miami just may suck. That's what we may have to uh, understand eventually. They should have lost Appalachian State. They got blown out by Alabama. Now there's questions about just how great or how elite is Alabama. Michigan State goes to Miami and wins. Hutton, we loved that game last week. We both picked Michigan State outright in that one. They get it done. Michigan State looked great against Northwestern. I don't know that Northwestern is very good this year, but they opened the season on Friday night, uh, on a Friday night and looked good against them. They're minus five against the Cornhuskers. And by the way, don't look now, but Scott Frost in Nebraska – may have just had their best effort in his tenure in a loss to Oklahoma last yeah, year. Yeah, they, they did not play uh, bad at all. And, and Michigan State is very undervalued, I think, in Vegas uh, with their first three. Lot, you know, they, I saw the, you and I both saw the win coming on the road last week uh, against Miami. But the, uh, Vegas doesn't like them even when they're favorites. I mean, Michigan State's favored by what in this game? Five points. Five home. points against Nebraska after what at they've home. done. That's... That's, that's, that's telling you what people think of Miami. We're also going to see this week with Nebraska how much of that just awful loss to Illinois in week one, yep. 
How much of that was an awful start to a season and an unfortunate side effect of being on the road in week one, where if they play Fordham in week one and Illinois in week two, they would have looked better? And how much of that is just Nebraska, (laughs) right? Yeah. We're going to find out in this game. If they go up and get housed uh, by Michigan State, we're probably going to start to have our answer. Honorable mention games. Hutton loves the San Jose State Spartans, so I had to include them in this. Uh, Paul loves Western Michigan, especially after they went to Pitt and won in a shootout last week. San Jose State at Western Michigan, under the radar, mid-major game, Western Michigan, minus two and a half. Texas Tech at Texas, this is where the games get a little bit light, and you see there's sometimes I'm really having to (laughs) have games fight for each other, to fight each other to get in that top nine. Not so much this week. I had to put someone in there. Why not Texas Tech at Texas? The Longhorns minus eight and a half. A literal literal fight uh, in your next pick. Yes, it is. Missouri at Boston College. It is Eli Drinkwitz versus Jeff Halfley, the two coaches going back and forth. Missouri, a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Boston College without their quarterback, Phil Jerkovic, this week. Boston College has wins over Colgate, UMass, and Temple. That may look good in a non-conference college basketball schedule (laughs) as your wins. Not so much in college football. We're going to find out a lot about BC this week. SMU at TCU, the Horned Frogs, minus nine-and-a-half. And for sentimentality, Vandy at Georgia. Just for the record. Georgia, by the way, now up to minus 35 in that game. Opened at 31. Take, you keep saying nine. Unless I can't count, that's 10 games. Keep the points with Vandy and Georgia. Coming up. You're right, Steph. A big preview of Tennessee and Florida as the Vols head to the swamp. Boston Price from VolQuest.com joins us next. Hey, it's Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for listening to OutKick 360. Be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day. And give us five stars. It helps us grow our network and provide you with more great podcasts like this one.